Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find hidden gems. I'm Ichita Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. And I'm Aki the Dragon. <gasps> You're not Cirque. I'm not. We have that a is substitute a today. Hello. Because Hello. our resident cat is traveling. Uh, so he's got he's got a cute, adorable little pair of like like uh, khaki shorts and a Hawaiian shirt and a cool pair of sunglasses, and he's traveling. That's what he's and he's doing. drinking a martini in Antarctica. <laughs> Where he's traveling to. Wow, that's that's a really <laughs> so, long distance. Yes. And that's really inpro- inappropriate wear for, for Antarctica. And a very I mean, strange it, spot for a vacation, might I add. I hope he's yeah, okay. That's but. true. <laughs> I mean, penguins are good company, so. Um, but yes, uh, so, uh, so if you haven't listened to us before, we basically watch cartoons that have fallen into the public domain or otherwise very easily access. Uh, and we see how they are, if they're any good or anything like that. Uh, And we start off every show by talking about the news. Now, we had a really weird week this week because, like, there are five major animated-related movie trailers that happened within a two-week period for a bunch of different things. So, in the effort to keep this as concise as possible... I'm introducing a new segment that I like to call. Uh, I didn't plan t- title for this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, if I knew what it was, I would help you name it. <laughs> okay, so uh, trailer takedown. Let's go with that okay. tentatively. Um, basically, we're going to have exactly two minutes to talk about each trailer. Uh, I have a timer here that once that two minutes is up, we are done talking about that and we're moving on to the next one. If we run out of something to say about the current trailer, we can stop it and then add that time to the next trailer and so on and so on forth. Okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're going to do for 10 minutes max. We're going to talk about these trailers. So. All right. So there's a lot to go through. We have five trailers here. So first trailer we're going to talk about is. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Okay, um, I don't think there's a lot to talk about with this trailer. Uh, basically, it doesn't add any new information that we didn't already have. Yes, Wreck-It Ralph 2. I don't want to see this movie very much. I am not interested in watching a movie about how much stuff Disney owns. Or I mean, okay. about which corporations run the planet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I get that, and... <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, I already knew about this whole thing beforehand because they kind of talked about this uh, earlier last year. Uh, 
like this specific scene where like Cinderella has like the last slipper and breaks it and like brandishes it at Vanellope. Um, okay. Yes, it's crass. And I do think that it's probably going to be the most obnoxious part of the movie. Uh, and, but I do like their mocking of like the tropes of Disney princesses a lot in there. I, there's definitely the, the, the rich more style of writing seeps through through very postmodern yeah and i i i really dug that though yes i ultimately agree that it is kind of i am kind of cautionary about this movie in general especially since they really are not showing anything about it except the fact that there are jokes about the internet and disney princesses well yeah i'm probably going to uh reserve my judgment too until i see this because yeah i am extremely cautious about this i don't i don't I don't need Wreck-It Ralph get iPad. Um, it's like... <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph get iPad. It's, um... Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing stuff about... Watch. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one we're going to talk about is How Do You Train Dragon 3? And we are going. Uh, it's heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we are just the hot um, take machine tonight. They didn't uh, use the they didn't use the misogynist trope that I was afraid they would use, which would be uh, which would be um, uh, toothless gets a girlfriend and uh, and hiccup is jealous. Instead, they used a much different misogynistic trope, which is damsel in distress. Okay. Yeah, and also, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it is kind of weird that this movie is basically how Hiccup got a uh, Hiccup got toothless laid. It seems like. Um, <laughs> um, he's training. Know. He's training him. That's how you I train mean, him? Like, I, I, I kind of. I already made a joke about this on the actual Twitter, but uh, it basically just feels like when Disney made the female Stitch. And then we'll use that to like market like lovey dovey Valentine's cards from like here until eternity. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it is really weird because I thought Stitch was already like an IP that was like sort of like something that was marketed towards girls. But uh, but uh, about about how to train your dragon. Yeah, like um, I don't think I've seen any of the other movies because I've loved the first one so much. And uh, I don't know. I just only. There's only been one other movie, and the second one's actually pretty good. I would say it's so. it's not as good as the first by uh, by a country mile, but it's still good. I I actually disagree. I kind of like the second one better. Okay, well we disagree on that. I think the first one is my favorite. I watched that movie in high school, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for like two weeks. So also, Hiccup has a beard. <laughs> for like a bit, not in the whole movie, but like at the beginning of the trailer, he has a an unflattering beard. I would say, I would call it. I would say it looks like it was photoshopped on. There you go. So next one we're going to talk about is uh, Lego Movie Two. Go. Okay. Um, it has uh, another song by Tegan and Sarah in it, and it also has the uh, Beastie Boys in it. That's yeah. what I remember. Um. Um, so from what I've seen, um, I'm actually really kind of into what they're doing, though. I do have a bit of me that's a little bit cautious because uh, it seems like what they're doing is, well, for one, they're making a post-apocalyptic movie. But it looks like it's going to be like kind of the, 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 the premise is basically to take a shit out on like the idea of like a society that never rebuilds itself. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's and like that there's no such thing as like any sort of optimistic presence, you know, um, 
And it looks like they're also going to give the female Lego toy line an actual like presence and make them kind of like a powerful force that could yeah, actually female be villain. And uh, and the protagonist has not evolved as a person whatsoever since the very well, beginning scene of the first movie. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think. That's I guess true. we'll see. I it's I'm that's that was my first impression. I don't know. Uh, I, my my main caution is just that I am scared that the villain was talking about pretty decent points of like things to criticize the first Lego movie of, and well, specifically okay about women's. I mean, sure, um, but I just I'm scared of them making that person the villain. Right. <laughs> so in, in fear of dominating the conversation, Aki, what are your thoughts on this movie? Well, uh, Lego movie. Um, I actually I actually haven't seen the first one. Um, I don't okay. know. It's just never seemed like uh, something that I just dig or would be. Into. I was I was um, shocked that I liked it and I thought I wouldn't <laughs> I'll give it a shot sometime. Like, yeah, but yeah, um, one of these days I, I would. I would recommend it because it looks honestly, I was pretty into it from the trailers, but I'm like the only person that felt that way and it ended up being really, really good. So, yeah, it really but. took me by surprise when I watched it all the way through. Uh, next, what we're going to talk about is Dumbo. Go. This is not an adaptation of Dumbo. It is another no, it- movie about another elephant that looks like Dumbo. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this this is it's it's so stupid. It's it's uh, Tim Burton's live action Dumbo. And oh, I heard um, I heard KC when he was watching this trailer being like, oh, from the mind of Tim Burton. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> Tim Burton. I mean, look, I, I liked Tim him Burton, in the 90s a little. <laughs> like, Tim Burton's last good film was, I can't remember if Sweeney Todd or Big Fish happened first. I can't remember which one. Those were the last. That was Sweeney the last Todd one was more told. recent. Yeah. So, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So uh, last one was Sweeney Todd. Every other thing else was just really, really rote and boring. I will applaud Tim Burton for not being as absurdist in his visuals this time around. Or but, racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um. but but, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but this doesn't look like Dumbo. This looks like a movie about two white kids, and their pet elephant. It's not like the whole one of the big things about Dumbo that works is that you don't really see much perspectives of the humans much. Don't take away our pet elephant. Well, you probably shouldn't have this elephant in the first place. So <laughs> I just I just I, I can't help but wonder if maybe the reason they rewrote the entire thing is because they were afraid of the racist crows. But those are easy to fix. Those are easy to yeah. fix because they're only barely racist. I don't know. I don't and know. are they? I don't know. They're they're pretty racist. Yeah. If if you watch know. it again, I think. But like like they didn't. I, I want Timothy back. I want it to be like hokey yeah. and, and fun, you know, like, yeah, I like don't know. Timothy was <laughs> Timothy was admittedly my first crush when I was like three or something. <laughs> so like <laughs> so like, yeah, of course, I'm going to be like defensive of that. But, you know, anyways. Uh, so last thing we're going to talk about. And since it's the last one, uh, we might just f- the timer anyways, because I actually have things I want to talk about this one. Sure. Uh, it is Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Okay. Um, I have heard some mixed opinions about my favorite part of this movie, actually, which is the dropped frame rate. You know, it it looks like they're showing it at, I would estimate, like 12 frames a second instead of the regular, like 24. 
mm-hmm. and it, I think it makes it look a lot like a comic book. I met this is like such an ambitious Marvel movie, like more than more than probably any other. Is is it Sony doing this one? It's uh, a Sony one. It's yeah, Sony animation. More than yeah. more, it's more ambitious to me than any of the other Sony Marvel movies, which I think have just been the Spider-Man ones, right? Or uh, did they? They also did Fantastic Four. No, that was Fox. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know, but yeah, but I, don't, I don't know. But but yeah, like uh, if anyone has a problem with anything with this visual style of this movie, uh, you are not my friend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's, o- it, it's okay to like disagree with me, but I do I do think that I, I do really enjoy the way that like I haven't I haven't heard anyone complain about the color control or the or the majority of the visuals. It's just that drop I'm, frame rate that I've heard some uh, complaints about. I'm I'm someone who like does not f***ing care about frame rate in the slightest, no matter what, like, unless it's like... Oh, I do. Completely, <laughs> com- well, no, I mean, like, uh, okay. Remember the Hobbit? Let me say something. Uh, if it's at a higher frame rate, that pisses me off. I don't like okay. high frame rates. For a film, I want, you know, I want like 30 frames or lower. 24 preferred, but honestly, the way that they're doing the visuals here makes it feel like what... Okay, so the people who are behind this movie are uh, the same people who did the Lego movie. Uh, what are their names? Phil? Yeah, I was going to say that they probably did a similar thing during the Lego movie, and people just didn't right. really notice it because. Well, the uh, thing is, is that, like the, the 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 movie is specifically trying to do a stop motion style of animation, and that was the same thing with the Lego movie. Like, yeah, as as if every there's, frame there's, was a comic strip, like. Well, well, I'm not, no, uh, specifically what I'm trying to say is that with the original Lego movie, that movie, like the way it's animated, they purposely were like kind of jag, like, like they didn't make it like a perfect, like fluid. Like when you played like the Lego video games, uh, the minifigure dudes, they always have like perfect bendy bodies. They always are like fat, high frame rate, all that kind of stuff. It looks weird. But uh, when you do the Lego movie, what they did is they made it so like, Every frame like looks like it's like an actual person like moving an arm up and down kind of thing. So it's like an actual physical thing. Same with the shaders, all that kind of stuff. They specifically wanted it. And that's that is basically what. Okay, don't talk over me when I'm trying to look up their names. Okay, blah, Uh, blah, blah, blah. uh, Well, I I just do want to say that I actually hadn't heard of this movie and I just looked it up and it looks great. Uh, Yeah, uh, it looks good. Um, the, it's, it, what, what they are doing is emulating stop animation. It's like stop motion animation. And I don't understand like what people's problem is with that. So this looks cool. Phil Lord and Chris, Christopher Miller. Okay. Okay. So Phil Moore and Christopher Miller, uh, they, uh, their whole thing when they do animated movies, it seems, cause they've only really done two at this point or three once the Lego movie two comes out. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, it is they want to make an anime movie that doesn't look like it's a CG anime movie in the slightest. What like what they do is they want to make a stop motion movie, something that looks like a stop motion movie. And yes, yes, I agree, Casey. Every still frame of the movie does look like a comic book panel. And that's a really great thing. But what I like about the actual animation itself is that because of those dropped frames and because of like the way that they're doing it, it looks like a really fluid form of stop motion. I dig that. And it's so baffling to me that people don't do that more because it looks amazing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, an impressionist 
uh, type decision where where you know like they're they're not trying to make it look realistic. They're trying to do the opposite intentionally to sort uh, of invoke or, a feeling. Or, well, I mean, I would argue that Disney doesn't try to make something look realistic either. Like, well, no, no, no. But you get you get what I'm saying. They don't. They don't. Uh, they haven't played with frame rate. Like, they haven't. Uh, you know, like cartoons right. inherently are are in. They they naturally have that. But like like right. I haven't I haven't seen I don't think any movie aside from The Hobbit, which sucked, that used uh, that used frames in that interesting way, and I think it looks really good. Well, I didn't yeah, mean to cut you off, Aki. I think I spoke over you. Well, it's like, uh, I think, I don't, I really don't think that really anybody should be talking about like a movie like this in terms of frame rate, because that's not what it is. Film is always done at 24 frames per second. And yes. like when you're, the the way, the way that animation is done, um, is just sort of like like if you're if, if you're talking about if you're talking about like like uh like like frame rate you're you're kind of like missing the point i think because you're like talking it talking about it from this weird technical standpoint and you're just going into mm-hmm. it almost like you're going into like specs of like a video game and stuff like that where it's like yeah but like that's not i <laughs> I'm talking about it more as like a tool than anything, which I think is mostly valid. Yeah, it's just that there's oh. there's a lot that's like there's a lot of in between motion that is skipped, but in in this kind of stuff. But okay, uh, that that's probably the, true. Well, here's 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 <laughs> this might be a bit conspiracy theory e kind of thing, but I think part of the reason why some I I, I actually don't know who is specifically complaining about the frame rate thing. But I have a guess about what the type of person is doing it because mm-hmm. I, uh, and because of that, I feel like it's possible they're making this argument entirely so they can complain about a movie that stars a black and woman Spider Man without having to complain about it being starring a black or woman Spider Man. <laughs> Maybe like well, I guess that's the thing is I haven't I haven't heard any of the people who are complaining about I, I won't use the term frame rate because as Aki pointed out, I I cannot make any sort of confirmation that that's exactly what's going on here. But uh, just from the perspective of someone who does not have the technical expertise to speak on it, but, uh, but I, the people, the people I've heard making that complaint have not been people who aren't excited to see the movie. Okay. Like uh, I mean, for the most part, for the most part, I, I think people have been excited to see the movie. I haven't heard a whole lot of opposition to it. Okay, then just cut out my bit then, because <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be too statistic. Because <laughs> I don't know. Like I get, I, I, get I, I get what you're saying, but like even like I, I agree that like, like I just whenever I see whenever way, I see like a discussion mm-hmm. ha- like this happen, whether it be a video game, especially with a video game, but like when it's any sort of medium where they complain about technical things and weird things, that like is, that, it's often a dog it, whistle. Yeah, think to basically yeah. try to avoid discussing, like try to make people not like this movie. Uh, for like, like maybe some like nitpicky kind of reasons because they can't really out and say that I don't like it because it stars a minority that never really had a voice in this medium before. Just look at the um, response to the trailer for The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> oh yeah. God! Thank God I don't use it's Twitter a, anymore. It's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a, it's a friendship kiss. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, so. Is uh, something uh, I saw. But yeah, I'm, yeah. A friendship kiss. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like, God, um, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't know really the discussion. I'm If I, if you have a problem with this frame rate and you're not some misogynistic racist asshole or anything like mm-hmm. that, then I, fine, whatever. We disagree about the visual style. That's fine. But I just. I really like it. I, just for me, I, I hate the fact that we're having a discussion about this movie, which is going to be a pretty big on multiple fronts. Uh, and the thing that people are talking about is probably the lamest well, thing to talk about. I don't, with the movie. I don't know that. I don't know that that's what people are talking about. It's just it's it's more that when I've brought it up with friends and said, oh, I really liked this part, like some of them felt differently than others. Um, I, I think most of the discussion has been surrounding uh, the, the parts that we're excited about and the parts that we probably should have talked about from the very beginning, uh, which right. are like Miles Morales, who is great. I'm very excited that we're going to finally see some form of, I don't know, could you call it expanded universe Miles Morales fiction? No, yeah, he is. Uh, he, he, yeah. He, yeah. So, uh, he, so. Him and Spider-Gwen are getting big presence is on like major motion picture films that are like truly have something Mm -hmm. behind them like real names real like vision and direction and everything behind them and that is exciting it's extremely it's it's very ambitious like there there's no way that uh there's no way that these types of characters would have been introduced in a spider-man movie made in like the 80s or the 90s okay so I, I don't know. Is there anything else you all want to talk about? Because I kind of want to move on to another topic real quick. Let's move on. Are yeah, you, do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, it looks fun, so let's move on. All right, perfect. Okay. Uh, so, uh, only other things I got here are, well, There's there was a teaser image released for uh, the new Adams Family animated movie that's going to be happening. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it shows it shows off the cast uh, and the art style basically of what the, they're going to go for with this, and it looks like more like the traditional old animation art style, or the old style from like the old like New Yorker cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to post it here. Um, I'm trying to remember who the casting decisions were. Uh, they're actually in there right in the same article that I'm. Oh, perfect. Let's take but, a look. Sharice uh, Theron will be uh, playing. Uh, Morticia and Oscar <laughs> Isaac will play uh, uh, Gomez, Gomez well, which is that? good because Oscar Isaac, if I, I'm pretty sure Oscar Isaac is Latin American. So, uh, so oh, that would good. be, that would be uh, a, a, a good fit for, uh, for Gomez. Yeah. Oh man. Look at this. Yeah. I really like uh, the designs of all these characters a lot. They made them look uh, creepy, which is good. <laughs> which is what they should be. Like, they should yeah. be at least a little bit creepy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. clearly, like, to a point where you could, like, understand them being homely and family, but still, yeah. like, creepy, because they're creepy people. <laughs> I've um, got high hopes for this movie and low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> call we'll call me when they reboot the monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When a, when a rival studio <laughs> makes the animated monsters movie, uh, mm. but 
but yeah, the Adams Family movie looks neat. Uh, apparently, it's going to be an origin story, which Critter could be good or could be bad. But an origin know. story. Yeah, apparently, it's how Gomez and Morticia met. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so yeah. So that's 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 apparently the origin story they're going with. Uh, and let's see, there's another person that sounded interesting. I forgot um, that was Raul Julia in the original. It's very oh, good. Yeah, he was. He, he was so incredibly good in the original. I it's it's going to be hard to imagine literally anyone playing Gomez except for him. Uh, it's well, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they'll be really good. Um, I don't know if we want to. I could I like last episode. I talked about Scooby Doo and I've watched one and a half seasons of Mystery Inc. I could touch on that or we could save it for next episode and just go right into the cartoons. I don't know what your preference is. Uh, let's. You know, let's go ahead and talk about the Mystery Inc. one real quick, because uh, the only other thing I have is that uh, just that there's that one thing uh, at Paris Disneyland, the fan days thing, which had the show that was literally made for me. But I kind of already went really hog wild on talking about that in our bonus podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, which, if you want, if, if you, you want, if you want to hear me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear that, just uh you know, donate five dollars a month to our Patreon. Just give mm. us your money. Um, mm. So, uh, so yeah. Last, if you people who listened to the last episode will remember that I was watching the 1969 episodes of Scooby Doo. Uh, Where are you? Um, and I, yeah, I had, you got me to go back and watch those too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had, I wouldn't call them gripes because, like I said, my the hokiest parts of that show are my favorite parts. Uh, but uh, now it's illegal to be spooky on an island. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they stole twenty dollars. Um, so like, uh, so I've been I, I I watched a season and a half of Mystery Inc. I got I got pretty I got pretty hooked actually. Like when I started watching it, uh, it it was pretty addictive. Um, so mm-hmm. the in the first uh, in the in the early episodes of Scooby Doo, like the nineteen sixty nine ones, like the the culture is so dominated by white people that it could take place in Utah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, <laughs> and like when there are people of color, they're almost always the villains. Uh, and that's something that they improved greatly upon, uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, in the new Scooby-Doo series is that a lot of the incidental characters and many of the named characters that they've added have been people of color. And some of them are very strong. Uh, one of them is played by, uh, by, oh, what's her name? Um, uh, it'll come to me later. Uh, Vivica Fox, uh, and uh, okay. and so the and, and the old characters in in the old series they never feel sadness. <laughs> they, <laughs> they they only have a, a very slim set of emotions with which to with which to pull, uh, and and they it's just basically- introduce. It's basically mm-hmm. Zoinks or let's go to the malt shop. Those are the two yeah, emotions like they have. The, the, <laughs> the character dynamics are very limited, and I don't think that's necessarily a flaw of it, but one of the things that would be necessary for modernizing it is to add those things because kids are not stupid. <laughs> they know <laughs> when characters are dynamic. Uh, <laughs> and, like, uh, like, and, and, uh, 
They have flaws. They have a setting. They're clearly teenagers. In the old series, they could be either 17 or 40. I can't tell. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And... uh, and like it's it's it the first episode establishes that all of the 1960s episodes are still canon like mm-hmm. from the very beginning uh they don't they don't go back to them except in a couple of episodes like three or four times um i talked about daphne being a very mm-hmm. weak character she has motivation in the new one which is great she's a much better character um mm-hmm. although uh so uh, th- this this is getting into spoiler territory. So skip forward a, a little bit if you don't want to hear it. Uh, but like like this this series begins with two female characters dealing with the emotional immaturity of their male partners, uh, mm. and they would be so much better off if they were just dating each other, right? Like is that <laughs> is I mean, that a feeling that I most mean, people have had? fair but uh, also you have to recognize that sometimes people just don't want to date the same gender yeah no no, no. I, I get i get it i'm just saying that it's like it's yeah. like shaggy shaggy and uh and uh fred are are clearly uh heterosexual teenage boys because they have yeah. they have the emotional maturity of like a rock or something mm. um Shaggy and, might be bi just because he apparently is in a relationship with Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, that's that is actually that is actually the love triangle in this one is yeah. Scooby, Shaggy, and Velma. Uh, and it's like like and you know how the so the the Scooby Doo movies in the eighties uh, they had uh, they had a, a lot of like like guest appearances from like the Harlem Globetrotters or uh, or like Laurel and Hardy they, and Mega Man. Really? <laughs> no. That's, that's okay. That was, oh, I, okay. Um, no. <laughs> the, the, the guest appearance. The the guest appearance they have on this show that I, that I that really stood out to me in Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. is Harlan Ellison, the author, <laughs> writer of uh, writer of I Have No Mouth and Must Scream, what? and the story that the Terminator was based on. He plays himself <laughs> in an episode. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember that. that. That really actually happens. He plays he plays a professor. Harlan Ellison plays a professor named Harlan Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. it's really it's really cool really ambitious uh, and just like my last note is my, my favorite episode is actually a filler episode um which is kind of like a it's kind of like a tribute slash deconstruction of like the 1969 episodes where S- scooby-doo has a dream that everything that everything is animated the way it was back in the 60s except better oh no and like like oh. like the an- the animation is better but the character models are drawn the same way that they were before and oh, wow. it it features uh the main cast of the episode features jabberjaw captain caveman speed buggy and the funky phantom <laughs> Oh my god! Great, <laughs> it is, and it is a super fun episode, and it is gorgeously animated. Uh, it has, uh, it has like it's, it's all like flat colored. It is amazing. It's my favorite I, episode of the show. I, I really loved Mystery Inc. when I saw it. I haven't seen all of the show. I've only seen like the first mm-hmm. season. Um, and but it's so freaking good, and like, God, I. The, the, my one real honest complaint 
is that the fact that Zelna's main like character problem, like her like whole thing she has to deal with is the fact that Shaggy is such a shitty boyfriend basically kind of like negates a lot of potentially really cool stuff she could be doing that was not involving having to be lost over a dumbass, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's mm. I, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't linger too long on it because once uh sorry this is more even more spoilery but once once Shaggy and Velma break up uh they don't really get back together like uh, like Velma or I, I haven't finished the series they might towards the end but for the majority of the series they're not together and Velma recovers very naturalistically oh. and it no longer it like it stops being her character trait like she she matures oh. and she she comes to like they, they don't they don't make like a they don't even make like a big there's not even like a lot of pomp and circumstance about it. You just kind of get the sense that she's forgiven everyone <laughs> and oh. it, it just kind of becomes a part of, of her character growth. And she, she is easily like the most mature <laughs> of, uh, oh, wow. of everyone in that show. And she's still my favorite character. Uh, well, yes. The one who Thumb grows the good. least is Shaggy. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's Shaggy. Yeah. What do you expect? <laughs> so, so well, yeah, I mean, Freddie basically, does he evolve? A little bit. He uh, he learns that he he learns that he cares about uh, about uh, Daphne, and okay, like that's, his like that's, that's that's a thing that happens. So like he he changes at least a, a modicum as opposed to Shaggy, who uh, uh, Shaggy and and Scooby, who more or less are are somewhat stagnant. But even even Scooby Doo is a more complex character in this one. Like there's, there's an episode where the hotel is like no pets and they make Scooby leave and he mutters, I'm not a pet as if he's having like an existential crisis, like while he's leaving because yeah. he, he, he considers himself to be uh, a, a member of the team and he doesn't like being, uh, he doesn't like being misevaluated. So it's like, like even Scooby-Doo feels sad <laughs> sometimes. Like, <laughs> So this this cartoon is is uh, it is very different. Like, yeah, it's it's still as a mystery program. It's still not effective mystery per se. You know, like you you can't mm. solve the mysteries on your own. It's impossible. It all they still depend on they still depend on like some wild thing. Like, well, how did they fly? And it's like, oh, they had a jetpack. You know, where it's like, <laughs> I mean, where that's, it's like you know, like where I, they. that's that's not why you watch scooby-doo you don't watch it for the mystery (laughs) that's that's basically just what scooby-doo is and i think that's kind of like what they make fun of a bit like isn't like part of the overall plot that like they live in a really f***ed up reality and that's part of the reason why they have characters like the author for like for uh, i have no mouth and i can't scream like there harlan ellison is just there yeah, the other funny thing about the Harlan Ellison thing is he's playing a much younger version of himself too. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, that... and his and his <laughs> his competitor, like his his rival author, is H.P. Hatecraft. <laughs> uh, well, I mean that that's a okay. more accurate name though. So okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so he he appears in the Lovecraft themed episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's a fun. It's a fun episode. Wonderful. Yeah. That's so those great. those are. I I conclude my thoughts to Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. I think we should watch some cartoons now. Okay, so let's watch some cartoons now. So yeah, yeah, woo, freedom.
Away. Freedom to watch right. cartoons. Yes. That is a valid I mean, point. These are, these, <laughs> I, these are, I have been taking it for granted until now. <laughs> I mean, we're getting close to the 4th of July, so. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's watch cartoons. I can't I can't believe America is 2018 years old. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, all right. So uh, if how we watch these cartoons is we have we're going to pick three off a list uh, what that list? we call. Well, the one that we call. The list. So, yes, we are going to pick something off there and. Bob's your uncle. So let's go ahead and Alex, drum roll, please. Alex is the one who always adds the drum roll. Yes. Because <laughs> he's the one Ooh. with the MP3. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Oh, our I first... mean, I mean the drums. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the actual physical drums. <laughs> he, the, the name, the name of the drum kit is MP3. Yes. God. <laughs> uh, um, so, Michael Phillips three. That's the name of it. Uh, okay. Anyways, I, I thought that the was cartoon. the cartoon. All right. <laughs> no, that'd be great. That'd be great. That was the title. But no, we're gonna watch a Felix the Cat cartoon. Okay. Exciting. And it's called. It's called Felix All Puzzled. Hmm. Okay. Okay. What to do? Maybe with- he'll just. Dis- maybe he'll finally destroy capitalism in this one. <laughs> Uh, Oh, we can only hope. Boy, I love Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, This cartoon features Russian stereotypes. I mean, uh, out of all the stereotypes that we could encounter on this show, is that really the worst one we could deal with? I, I mean, well, probably not, but it's still not great. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I mean. Um, so like, uh, I was more scared though. I will say that the, the, the it's, it was hilarious. Cause like, uh, the, on the YouTube video that we showed a key to have them watch uh, alongside with us, uh, the description has the line, like other Felix cartoons, this contains this one contains ethnic stereotypes. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and encouraging. It, does. It, it has them. Uh, I mean, this cartoon is a is a kind of a standard fare uh, Felix cartoon. Uh, like, let's see, which have all of the Felix cartoons we've watched involved traveling to another country or just no, there was one where he goes to Egypt. There's one he goes to um, Egypt. There's one where he goes to Africa. Yeah, uh, F- Felix travels. That's that's kind of what happens in these early ones. He, uh, yeah, he it seems to travel there in kind of weird ways. Yeah, he's got like, he's got a travel blog. Uh, <laughs> in uh, in this oh one, God. he he I, wants food, but John Arbuckle is trying to solve a crossword. Um, <laughs> exactly, and, like that's the, literally what this. It, it just starts off as like a Garfield plots really yeah he wants he wants he's hungry he wants food and his owner is like you're not getting any food until i solve this puzzle and there's only uh there's only one uh one left on the crossword and it 
it is a it is a vertical word. Uh, and seven letters. The, yeah, seven letters. The clue is uh, is primarily found so, in Russia or something to that effect. Yeah, something like um, that. And uh, and like okay, so all right, so we what happens is that like so Felix says okay, well I'll help solve your puzzle. Uh, and the way that we're and then uh, basically it just does a br- abrupt cut outside uh, where like there's so many abrupt cuts in this. I think it might just be the version that got online because there was a longer version that was on YouTube, but it wasn't the same one that we had on the disc. Yeah. Um, and basically what 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 happened is. Uh, he goes outside he and like, he tries to figure out how to get to Russia. Yeah. And the and then the donkey teleports in the bright position to kick him into Russia, basically. Yes. So he's sitting next to a donkey and the donkey kicks him to Russia. He flies all the way out there and lands in someone's home and the person is terrified. And he goes outside and he's like, wow, I'm in Russia. I did it. And uh, <laughs> now to solve that X word puzzle. Yes. Yeah. Now to solve the X word puzzle. And uh, and he goes into... What kind of establishment would you describe it as where he gets in the fight? A bar? Um, maybe a bar. Maybe. Uh, it's hard to tell. He goes into someone's place and they uh, they it, try it to shoot sign. him with a it gun. Has a, <laughs> it has, well, it has a sign that says, keep out ski. And yeah, he goes through the keyhole to get through. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, they, they try <laughs> to shoot him with a gun and then he goes through the, the bullet hole in the wall. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I thought, I I thought Felix thinking, died for a second. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like it wouldn't be the first time an inkblot cartoon died on this by gunshot wound. So I mean, it, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Um, <laughs> no, it's st- it still would be. <laughs> it was unprecedented the last time. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the let's see. So he gets kind of chased around. I guess I'm trying to recall exactly what the. Series it's of kind events of a blur. Is. Even though it was only like two and a half minutes long, it was felt like a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was. It's like, it's like it, it, it feels like the edited version of this was just like this person wanted to release a version that was all the really hilarious Russian stereotype jokes, and then like yeah, nothing like, else. At, at, at some like, point, he picks up a piece of paper that says "Plans for the Revolution." Which, or something. <laughs> which, was, which someone needs to take out of like just needs to like take a screenshot of and then just like post it everywhere and become like a new meme of some sort. Yeah, because the next is, the next thing that happens is the Russians start throwing bombs at him. Uh, yeah. like 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 <laughs> bombs in the most cartoonish sense. Yeah, yeah. they're like they're like they're like bomb bomb bombs, you know, like. They're like those spherical, like the one that Batman tries to get rid of in the Batman TV movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then he ends up getting kicked back to America, but I don't remember. No, 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 no. He 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 gets he avoids like two of the bombs, uh-huh. and then there's a third one that was a. Oh dud. yeah, and that and, one blows and he, up, and that then he flies yeah, he, back to America. Well, he 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 makes fun of them, uh, and like all the. By the way, all the dialogue is done through speech bubbles, which I still really like. I still like yeah, that design. Yeah, I like a lot. that. Uh, but like he, uh, but he steps on the bomb, and then he blows up, and then he's back in America, right at the doorstep of his owner. 
Yes. And then they uh, like the owner goes, well, did you figure out what the crossword was? And he's like, no, I when I was I in Russia, all Russia. I found was true. All, I went to Russia and all I found was trouble. It was like trouble. Oh, and it turns out <laughs> the thing you find primarily in Russia is trouble. That's the f- answer to the crossword puzzle. Yeah. The end. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what tensions there were between America and Russia in, in 1924. Uh, probably some, I, <laughs> I'd I imagine. Mean, but like I'm sh- I'm sure there were some just because it was a yeah. burgeoning communist state at that time. Well, so, we we were we were allies uh, during World War Two. So, well, yeah, because um, we had a, we had a common out a common common enemy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know enough about it. I'm not a I'm not a history buff or a geography buff. This uh, isn't history, honeys. We're not going to talk about the history. <laughs> we'll let them do it. We demand you make an episode about this. Uh, specific topic, yes. Yeah, I was about this Felix the Cat cartoon. Um, <laughs> yes, it's your prompt. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of new things to say about Felix the Cat. Uh, this I doesn't mean, really bring a whole lot of new stuff to the table. It kind of recycles the same tropes as the previous ones. Um, I think Felix I, is a cute character. I, uh, yeah, he's a cute character. Um, I don't know. <sighs> Maybe I'm maybe I'm being kind of uh, kind of a jerk here, but I thought a lot of the Russian jokes kind of hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm terrible. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't like hard. It, like, it wasn't like the kind like, oh, he's drinking so much and like everyone was incredibly drunk all, all the time and all that kind of stuff. But it was like just really obtuse Russian stereotypes that yeah. like was like it was like stuff like get out ski and like oh uh plans for the revolution and bombs like those are like what there was there and like and also they all had like those big furred hats and stuff like that but like i don't know it i don't know i don't i didn't i didn't maybe i'm being bad here maybe i'm not but i i found that kind of hilarious in like the worst possible way i like this cartoon it was pretty funny yeah, like it was like it's like uh, what it reminds me of is like when they would do like a parody on The Simpsons of like an old itchy and scratchy cartoon and then just have this most we- really weird obtuse like uh, stereotype happen <laughs> like mm-hmm. and just like how like how like it was like so incredibly casually done. Yeah, in well, that it's, time. Just, that, it's was, just that the Russians are cartoon versions of, of Russians in this one and uh and I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to reserve my comments on that because I'm not I'm not certain how to feel about it. I I don't think that this cartoon in its entirety is bad though. No, I don't think it was that bad. Uh I I, I dug some of the animations. Uh I really wish that it, this was a less choppy version of this cartoon, but maybe they cut out things for a reason. Who mm-hmm. knows? Uh but yeah, it's I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was short. It was like three minutes. That's basically all I need from this kind of thing. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Any other final comments from anybody? I'm good. All right. Let's go ahead and watch another one. All right. So then let's go ahead and we're going to pull up once again. The list. Drum roll, Alex.
I got some bad news. What is it? What's the bad news? We are watching Frady Cat. Oh, yay. (laughs) Our favorite. Another Uncle Crocs block cartoon. Uncle Crocs block. Uncle Crocs Uh. block. We have to censor that again. (laughs) No, we don't. We don't. You. <laughs> we did. We did the first time. Stop <laughs> swearing. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. censored it. I don't know. Well, we'll have to. De- we'll have to decide whether we're concerned about consistency. <laughs> well, uh, what we're gonna watch is one that was a free cat cartoon called Magic Numbers. Magic Numbers. <laughs> Eight of mine went fast. Now there's only one life left, and I want to make it last. Guest directed by David Lynch. I actually love this one for none of the reasons you're supposed to. <laughs> you guys, you, you guys, you guys said this. The stuff sucked, and I'm, and this is. This is amazing. <laughs> if you liked this, why don't you go back and watch the others? <laughs> yeah. Because maybe, maybe you'll, yeah. <laughs> maybe I, you'll uh, discover our disdain for this cartoon. This one is wild. This one is like. Okay. It's it's so, I think I think it's not supposed to be that weird, but it's just so poorly executed that it feels avant-garde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there are... <laughs> just on there accident. Are multiple, there are multiple characters that have, like, incomprehensible mumbles as their entire dialogues. David Lynch has based entire characters around that. It's just, like, it's... it's so, it's, just, just by way of summary... Um, if, if Frady <laughs> Cat is afraid of everything and he, uh, for people who haven't listened to our earlier episodes, Frady Cat is a cat who has died eight times and only has one life left because every cat has nine lives. And every time he says a number, that sequence of his life manifests itself, uh, before him, uh, <laughs> But uh, except in, for the number this, when he says nine, when he because says he nine, hasn't died a ninth time yet. It, we yes. we just this is it is revealed in this episode that if he says the number nine, the number nine itself manifests, <laughs> shooting lightning bolts and attempting to murder him. If you see me nine times, you did bad. <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, but okay, so like. All right, here's the thing. Um, this was something that was, like, shown off in a previous episode. But the, th- the thing is, is that, like, in previous episodes, one, like, they constantly are trying to pit Freddy with some other outside source that, like, just does not mash, match up for. Like, one was, like, a bird that wouldn't stop hugging him in a pet shop kind of thing. And the other one was like mobster mice. Um, and this one, like the antagonists are just these two cats who just sort of instigate the uh, actual like problem that Freddy actually has to solve, which is that, you know, the shit that he has to deal with, with like saying numbers makes things appear that could hurt him. And uh, I don't know, like and also in previous episodes, whenever he said a number, 
like it would like it come up so inorganically like it would be something that like he would like say a word that sounded like a number and then it would come up or he would just like say like this really hackneyed phrase or something like that. There was one of them where he didn't even say the number. Right. Yeah, like exactly. Like, like he said, a, he said a word that sounded like the number like, seven, like a slant rhyme. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so in this one, it starts with him. Like he almost steps on an ant and the ant mumbles at him and it, you never see the ant again. Why was it there? Who knows? And then I mean, there are two cats. One of them is named Fatty Caddy because he's fat. And the other one is named Long Tail because he has a long tail. Um, and they aren't really being actively malicious to him aside from making fun of him. You don't get the impression that they want to hurt Brady Cat. Just that well, they're ambivalent to him being hurt and that they think he's pathetic and funny. Um, yeah. And, I mean, uh, they're, 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 what they're doing is they're making fun of someone that they perceive as just someone who's like mentally ill or something that they're just totally afraid of like weird stuff like that, like numbers, basically. Whenever he sees a number, Freddy guy gets super scared. And like. That's one thing I have. That's one thing that really is kind of confusing to me, because it's like. The, the, the cartoon even points this out that uh like when the fat cat and long tail and Freddy cat, they first talk to each other and like Freddy cats like say, what are you afraid? Like, like, like the, the fat cat goes like, what are you afraid of the number nine? And then Freddy cat goes, well, thank goodness you said it because if I said it. Oh, well, and it's like that right there points out that he has nothing to worry about when it comes to numbers. As long as he doesn't say the number itself, so which he's why just is, bad at. Yeah, he is terrible at this. Like maybe he, he should just not talk anymore. <laughs> like how that's what I would silence. do. Yeah, just or, yeah. You know, there's a, there's it. I could go through my entire day with saying one single number out loud. Okay, you just you just I don't know. I probably <laughs> I probably would accidentally say numbers. To be honest, I mean, just I'm sure it would happen by accident once in a while, but like. He's in like a cowarding fear over numbers, just looking at the w- number nine in itself, even though it would not hurt him as long as he kept his damn mouth shut. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in this one, he, so he he says the number nine and the number nine manifests itself and attempts to kill him. Uh And uh, I'm just trying to remember, like so much stuff happens in this cartoon that's just so... Uh, surreal or weirdly executed. Um, I mean, yeah, a, a large number of the problems, or rather, the th- reasons why this one's like so much more surreal, is there are so many weird gaps of between dialogue and like weird sound effects that happens, and just like like there's a part where the bad cats get attacked by the number nine. And the way they did that, and then like what happens, like the number nine, like shocked inside a refrigerator they were in. And then they popped out, which into a form of what looks like a maybe a popsicle. I think I, I think the joke they were going for there is that they were electrocuted and then it became a toaster and they popped out as toast. But I don't think that's. Obvious. It was, <laughs> it was not obvious at all. And then so. there's still 
there's still the really weird, surreal laugh track that happens. During things what genuinely seem like a mental breakdown happening in real time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... But was it them having a mental breakdown or me watching this cartoon <laughs> having it? Um, so we are so yeah, all afraid. I'm, I'm trying to remember everything in sequence that happens, or even just like highlights of like what the weirdest stuff is. The number nine has like tendril arms. At some point, Freddy Cat says the number one and uh, summons the ghost of his first life, which was a caveman who has a dinosaur. A real big dinosaur, and uh, Freddy Cat is hiding under the tail, and then the number nine electrocutes the dinosaur. This, yeah, this—that's right. The number nine electrocutes the dinosaur, and it pans slowly back to the dinosaur's head, and you see that in the X-ray of the dinosaur's body, you see that he has inside of him uh, an airplane, I think, and like a car or yeah. something, and a tank and a bunch of different vehicles inside him. And it's like, and then, and then this part makes the least sense of all. After the dinosaur is electrocuted, he falls in love with the number nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What just, happened there? Okay. Just think there, about that sentence no... real quick. Think about that sentence. I can't After stop the thinking about it. <laughs> Once the dinosaur was electrocuted, it fell in love with the number nine. That's, yeah, that's like, like an Andy Kaufman poem or something. Like, I don't know. I I cannot figure out for my life what was happening there or like why. <laughs> I'm I'm so baffled by that scene by by that sequence of the dinosaur falling in love with the number nine after being electrocuted. It was good. It was um, great. Yeah, I know I mean, it's fantastic, but why? The, <laughs> <laughs> like, We're asking like the big questions about art yeah. <laughs> right here on Toontown Public Works. No, I, I, really, I really think that I really think that there could be a reading of this, you know, like I, not not one that was intended by its authors, but there could be a reading of this that, to be found, you know, about uh, I, I don't know. There's there's probably some way you could parse this subtext into something meaningful if you wanted to. Yeah, probably. Uh, and yeah. I won't. I won't attempt to do that this episode. Um, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like of all, okay, out of all the stuff we watched for Uncle Croc's block, um, this is the best one, entirely for all the wrong reasons. Because out of all the cartoons we've watched, this one is just a surrealist nightmare of a film, yeah. like a little short. Oh by, yeah, I just by, by complete accident, <laughs> this one is my favorite we've seen. Um, and, uh, and let's see, it, it ends with, uh, Freddy cat hides from the nine inside of a phone booth. Oh, and that was my favorite part because it was a complete, it was a complete misdirect because I was just like, he was like, Oh, sometimes, sometimes when you're desperate, you just resort to desperate measures or something like that. And it looked like he was just going to put a phone or he was just going to put a coin in the phone's like coin slot. I'm like, OK, what's so desperate about that? But then he just dives into the coin slot. And I'm just like, oh, OK. And then <laughs> and he, he just travels and he, he travels, travels through the phone and he travels through the phone, through the telephone wire to another phone to escape it. I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. No, yeah, absolutely. That is a desperate measure. It's pretty desperate. Yeah. 
to escape the gaping nine butthole that was like pressed against yeah. the window. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but like, but yeah, like he comes out of the the telephone booth and he's like don't judge me I, I don't kink shame me and it was just like <laughs> <laughs> it was just like i i don't i wasn't judging you frady cat like obviously it got you out of that scenario and it basically ended with like uh, a sisyphusian like nightmare yeah, where, where he's like, he's like, all I have to do is never think about that number ever again. And then you see him walking through the city, tormented by the shadows of the very thing that haunts him. You know, the number nine pasted upon signs and taxis and everywhere that the eye can see. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, it's not a happy ending. <laughs> no, it's like. not, but it's played <laughs> off for gags. <laughs> So, so there you uh, go. So here's my interpretation of this. The number nine represents that his life is going to be over once his girlfriend gives birth to his kittens. And he is terrified of this. And therefore, if he even thinks about this, it could kill him. And then like he now is basically just tormented by the fact that he did not use protection and therefore is being haunted. The, the fact that he will be a father within the next nine months. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a guess and say that you based your reading of this off of your reading of a racer head, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's Cause what that's what that's about. Um, really? Okay. Cause I've actually uh, never seen a racer head. No, a race, a racer no, head I was is, like, a, a no, head was- is, yeah, I was like, is, is, is she talking about a racer head? <laughs> yeah. I thought that's, that's what I, I, I thought I thought that was literally the joke. Is that is that you are making a comparison between this cartoon and a razor head? Because that is in most ways what a razor head is about. Oh my god! So. I, I I legitimately did not. <laughs> I've so. never seen a razor head in my life. I know I need to see yeah. it. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I accidentally wrote a razor head via Freddy yes. Cat. <laughs> um. All right, so uh, now that we've watched the one good Freddy Cat cartoon, uh, let's go ahead and let's pull up for one more time today the list. Ooh. Alex, drum roll, if you please. Hmm, okay. Uh,. We are going to watch a cartoon. Uh, it's one of the ones that's like uncategorized. So like no. Those are fun. Uh, this one's called The Toyland Keeper. All right. Let's do it. This was just a bunch of mice f***ing about, and that was about it. Yep, it's about a my it's about a mouse and his stunning boyfriend with a bow yes. and lovely eyelashes. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, he, he practices they, self-care, so he's yes. gorgeous. <laughs> and they uh, and they live in a toy store. Um, it starts out with the first mouse uh, coming out of his mouse hole and turning on a flashlight, and his shadow sort of follows him over to a mouse trap 
and then he gets inside of a toy uh, crane or something to pick up yeah. the cheese, and then he eats the cheese. Uh, and that's how they establish that this mouse lives in a toy store, which I think is great. <laughs> um, and that's, then, a cinematic, that's cinematic poetry right there. Right there. Yeah, he goes over to uh, a cuckoo clock, and he uh, and you know the little pendulum. He makes it swing faster so that he can speed up time for his date that he's waiting for. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the the little a very things violent that come little out. club. Yeah, it's yep. at, at the strike at the stroke of midnight. Uh, a cannon shoots off a wooden soldier's head. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah, that's literally what happens. It's yes. kind of it's really weird. It's morbid. Um, and then his boyfriend shows up. Uh, yeah. and I am sticking to that narrative <laughs> because, uh, uh, so, uh, they wander around the toy store together, uh, just sort of enjoying the niceties that a toy store has to offer. Uh, for example, um, drums, <laughs> uh, what else, what else is there? I'm trying to recall more specific things that happen in this really sequence. scary horse dolls. Yeah. I tend to, I tend to like when, when we come into these segments of cartoons where it's just kind of like things happening to pass time, I always zone out to the point where I never quite remember what happened when we start talking again. Um, but you know, it, it has that, it has a sequence of them enjoying the amenities of the toy store, so to speak. Um, yeah, and it's like, um, I mean, it's it's pretty standard fare for this type of cartoon. It's basically just antics for the most part. Like a lot yeah. of just mice playing with human things in ways that were not intended to be played with, basically. And, and, and uh, eventually they do introduce a conflict. There's a cat yes. that is made of pipe cleaners. Uh, yeah, he uh-huh. is a sickly that. tube... Like it's like it's like if you put a Felix the Cat doll head on like a balloon animal. It's Yeah. It, it's not great. It's a very uncomfortable to look at cat. And it is trying to capture the mice. So they with it, they send a toy mouse down a chute and a bunch of wooden soldiers. And basically they get the toy store to attack the cat from all angles. Yep. Uh, and and then basically what happens from there is that like the cat gets fucked over by a giant balloon that again just looks like Felix the cat but attached to a balloon and pops and then I guess the cat dies, I guess. Yeah, let's just go with that. Sure. It falls limp and then it cuts away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we did see. It's not we saw like the burial or the thing, but it looked like it no. died. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, and then uh, and, and then, then the, the two uh, mice. Yeah, then the mice. They just sort of, uh, they sort of go over to the front, and as the one mouse is about to leave, the other one pulls him by the tail and is like, no, actually now we're going to sing a song and look incredibly terrifying. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as you see the mice up close, they become very unsettling. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> and it's also like, very it's God. also very weird because they don't speak the entire cartoon until the very end when they speak and sing. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, or it's all of a sudden uh, this mouse that is just like it just hasn't said anything is all of a sudden like I love you, and it's like no, <laughs> yeah. I I don't I do not like I this. I don't no, like the song either. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is a, a pretty ordinary uh, ink blot style cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's nothing nothing too interesting to say about it, really. <sighs> uh, the person behind this was Van Buren um, Studios, or uh, and I, I did look them up a bit, uh, but I know we've talked about them before because I know that we've talked about them in the past. Um, basically, there's not a lot interesting to say. I mean, he made a studio. Uh, he made live action cartoons, and then he died of a stroke in his 60s in the 1930s. And so the the, the the director of this cartoon, according to IMDb, is Harry Bailey, who did some of the other ones we watched, such as College Capers. Uh, I think is one we watched. Uh, Fairyland Follies. Is that is that one that we watched? I think. I feel like I feel like that's we, one we've watched. We've we definitely watched. Uh, we definitely watched making a move. Yes. Uh, yes. That one has the same director. Uh, a okay. lot of a lot of this person's cartoons have the word follies or capers. So <laughs> we. It's a, set, it's a cinematic <laughs> trademark. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of difficult to say. Uh, one of his earlier ones is called War Bride. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Uh, and his first one, unfortunately, is The Wandering Minstrel. Um, oh. So... Turn, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Birth of the Nation the animated series, but that's about right. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. you you were only you were only slightly off. So, uh, so there you go. That is Harry Bailey, the creator of this cartoon, uh, or director, or I don't know. According to IMDb, one of the two. The other was John Foster. I did not look them up, uh, and I'm not interested enough to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of something interesting and podcasty to say about this. Uh, this is a, an extremely milk toast, unremarkable cartoon. You know what uh, this would be? This would be like it, this is like uh, the cartoon you would see uh, playing on the TV set of like some '70s horror movie that Mystery Science Theater 3000 is riffing. You know? Yeah. Like they're playing in the background. You know, like the sure. kids watching it and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, like how not, not like only how to, because it's ordinary, but because it's in the public domain, that would be the type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like when they had Balloony Land in that one Merlin shop of mystical wonders. Yes. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully we'll get Balloony Land sometime soon because that one's a trip. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess there's nothing really much else to say about this tune. So we're going to move on uh, and just say that it was okay. Weirdly, the best one we watched today was the Freddy Bad Cat cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like it was for all the wrong reasons too which is even greater but like yeah i don't know so since we're all done with that let's we... go ahead and do the prompt yeah yeah let's do the prompt 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 i've been um, very excited for this one yes so okay uh every week we have a little prompt that we uh go out and uh basically we just go out and ask you the audience what you feel about certain subjects uh we you can either send us an email at toontownpublicworks at gmail.com or you can always tweet at us uh at toontownpublic uh when like if for the most recent topic because it's harder to keep those ones in track but um before we go on to the most recent prompt, uh, I do have an email regarding uh, a prompt we had in the past. Uh, so uh, we are going to go ahead uh, and read an email from Mycroft, who once again writes into us. So, hey, Mycroft. So uh, Mycroft writes in once again and says, uh, "Hope this isn't too late." You're. <laughs> it's unfortunate because we actually he. We actually got this email 10 minutes after we start, finished recording oh. last episode. So, sorry, Mycroft. Um, they responded, um, I am very influenced by Tiny Toon Adventures. As long as I can pretend uh, that the Kennedy animated episodes didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to actually... <laughs> I don't actually want to go back and rewatch the show in any way in case I find out it wasn't actually really good to two standards. At least, you know, you can't argue that it wasn't a 90s cartoon. It was quite 90s. It uh, was that, and <laughs> it was. I, I have watched it recently, and it was good at least half of the time. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, that's, not, that's not a bad response at all. I think that's a very good one, actually. So, yeah, thank you, Minecraft. Uh we got one from, let's see. Oh, wait, no, that that is all we have for, uh, for previous uh, prompts. Previous prompts, yes. And that prompt, uh, because I forgot to mention, was what was your favorite 90s cartoon? Uh, but yes, thank you very much, Rycroft. Let's go ahead and move on to the um, newest prompt, which was, uh, what was the, who is the cutest cartoon character? So... Uh, that is a very broad question. We let you interpret it however you wish. Uh, and we got a, a variety of different responses. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, one week, an email that we got from Mikolith. Yeah. Hi, Miko. Hello. So Miko says. What's up, gang? It's your boy Miko here to say that Haida from Agresuk, uh, um, Agretzko. Agretzko uh, is a good, good hyena boy that we all need. We all deserve. And I will fight anyone who is mean to him. Uh, also need to follow up on Mickey Mouse Disco. Please tell me you had a nice time listening party and what you thought. OK, thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I did not listen to all of it. <laughs> I will uh, admit. Miko has been Miko has actually been hounding me to, to listen to the whole on. thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. No, I still haven't heard all of it. I've only heard Macho Duck still. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll get around to having a nice listening party, or maybe while I'm programming at work, <laughs> I will turn it on. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's um, so Haida. I love this boy. Haida is a good 
good boy. I agree. And I do like him a lot. And he is cute. Uh, but yeah, Hyde is it's, excellent. It's, it's a, he's a great character. I like him a lot, even if he has got problems, but so do every other character on that show. So there, that's kind of the point. Anyways, uh, thank you, Miko. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so since we are missing our cat this episode, uh, we are going to cut in uh, the kitty cat's response. So we're going to start with him. And here you go. Hi, so this is a Cirque Star recording from a vacation here. I wanted to give an answer to the prompt for this uh, this episode. The Basically, who do you think is the cutest cartoon character? Or who do you personally... Who is the cutest cartoon character to you? Now, this is actually kind of a hard question. It's harder than you'd expect because a lot of people really try to go for the, uh, the cuteness factor. Like, there's a lot of cartoon characters that sort of aspire to being cute, but then just end up being twee and sort of nonsense and lame, and you really end up paying them. Like, uh, like, ironically, not ironically, like, pretty hilariously, that cat from, uh, Rockadoodle. Oh my god, that cat. Uh, accordingly, I had a really hard time, like, narrowing down the ones that really reach that level on who my favorite is because it's that it's that sort of rare sincere endearingness to them you know that sort of like catches my eye i'm almost tempted to say figment from journey into imagination because i love that little purple dragon but that kind of feels like cheating to me i'm i'm still gonna say it because i love his i love his whimsicalness his uh his innocence and like I don't really like the third, like, rendition of that ride, but I really, really love his mischievousness in it. That's, that's just adorable to me. I find him adorable in general. I'm also kind of tempted to say Roger Rabbit because, really, he, he's just such a free spirit. He's so positive and joyous and, like, yeah, he gets annoying, but... It's not, like, annoying to the audience, it's annoying to the characters, which can be extremely funny. So there's, like, sort of that funniness backing up that cuteness. Really, if I have to pick one, I'd have to say Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, because just going back to that mischievousness I was talking about, I feel like that adds a lot of heart to the character when he eventually, like, sort of turns it around without making him, like, not a character anymore, if that makes any sense. Plus, his character design is... He's just, he's, he's so huggable. He's so huggable. I loved him as a kid. I, I wanted a Stitch as a kid, as like a pet. That would have probably been a nightmare, but, you know. But, really, if, if I'm allowed to, I'd say all three? All three. Yes, all three. Good response. Wow. Very good response, Cirque. I agree. He, she, or they are very adorable. I, I, I... Uh, you are valid, sir. Yes. You are valid. But thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I think I think Alex also said he uh, he wanted to say something. So all right, your turn, Alex. All right. So for me, the moment this prompt was suggested, one character came to mind. Even though there are like a ton of cute cartoon characters out there, and I hate picking favorites in general, so 
For this prompt, I went with a very uh, specific definition of cute, and it's <laughs> probably the cheapest way to answer this question because it, it, it is actually a character crush. Like, I'm like attracted to this character, but also because I, I feel like this character is also legitimately cute in, in his own way. So uh, I hope nobody else picks this because I haven't listened ahead yet, but I'm going with Mr. Peanut Butter, and here's why. Well, first off, he's a dog. Like, <laughs> incredibly a dog. He's a yellow lab with a personality to match, and I mean, nobody's going to deny that uh, yellow labs are adorable. And the fact that his uh, dog personality translates so strongly to an anthropomorphic form really shows the strength of the writers on BoJack Horseman. He doesn't read as a human in a dog's suit so much as a dog with human specs. And the fact that he lives in this incredibly toxic, messed up microcosm that is Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, and still manages to greet each day with a smile on his face and do his best at everything he can is either incredibly strong or incredibly stupid, and either way, it's damned attractive to me. The way he can gaze into the void without that adorable puppy dog grin fading from his face. For all his faults, he's a beacon of endearing light in a messy, chaotic, grotesque world, and I would be honored to have somebody like him in my life. I'll leave you with a quote from Mr. Peanut Butter himself. The universe is a cruel, uncaring void. The key to being happy isn't a search for meaning. It's to keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense and eventually you'll be dead. Aww. <gasps> wow, so cute. Oh, that is yes. adorable. I love it. Extra, extra so precious. Cute. Very nice. <laughs> what a precious friend. A plus. Right. <laughs> Watch, he's going to edit in like us say that about like Pol Pot or something. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do that no he wouldn't he's too he's too good he's a too good of a boy uh that's something i would do <laughs> which is why i'm not the editor um <laughs> uh so thank you alex uh so who wants to go wait we, we didn't get any more written responses to this oh right yeah yeah, that's right. Duh. I was going to, I was going to say I expected way more than one for this <laughs> for this prompt. I'm an idiot. No worries. <laughs> so ignore me. You're fine. Our first response was from a nearsighted girl. So hi, nearsighted girl. Um, her response is, uh, "Waddles the pig is the cutest," <laughs> and just linked a gif of uh, from the intro where. Wendy is nuzzling Waddles, and Waddles is freaking adorable. I have to agree. This is the pig from uh, Gravity Falls, right? Yes, yes that's correct. what I thought. Yep, very good pig. Extremely cute cartoon character. A soft friend for everyone. Exceptional. Pristine. Perfect. <laughs> the absolute unit. Thank you very much for sending that in. Let's see. Thank you very much. Uh, so we got one from uh, Dr. B, and they responded with, uh, Why must you make me choose, you monsters? Uh, joking aside, Mrs. Brisby from Secret Nim. Hard choice from all the robots and insects I adore, too. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> <that> is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, very valid. Bris Brisby is an adorable mother mouse. I love her dearly. Uh, if I was straight, I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh god bad me please keep me off this show <laughs> i love mrs brisby 
She is great, though. I, I think she's a legitimately great female character in an era that did not have very much of those in animation at all. Isn't it funny that they had and, to rename the character Mrs. Brisby because uh, the brand Frisbee wouldn't allow them to use the name? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so That's a weird. true story, I, I by the way. That's why that's why the book is called Mrs. Frisbee in the Rats of Nim, And the main character yeah, is Mrs. Brisby in the movie. It's, well, isn't it that like Miss in the book, uh, Miss Frisbee lives under like a Frisbee pie pan or something I don't like know. that? And that's where she got her name. I'm not sure. But there know. was there was a legal issue. That is true. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think for, I think Frisbee is a better name anyways. Yeah, so it's fine. It's a fine name. Very yes, good so answer. So. All right. So thank you very much, Dr. B. Uh, our next response was from a. Uh, Grommer, uh, 21XX. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, they said, uh, you sick bastards, how can you make me choose? Wow, that's uh, <laughs> twice in a row. We really are monsters. Wow. This is a controversial issue. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, they said, okay, I have a top few. For Western animation, I have to go with Lapis Lazuli uh, from Steven Universe. Uh, and from the anime on the anime side, I'm torn between uh, Unico and Megumi Noda of of Nudiri uh, of Nudiri. I cannot pronounce that. I'm so sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Post it in the <laughs> chat. Maybe one of us could give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, let me do that. <laughs> I am familiar with Lapis Lazuli, though, and I think that's an awesome response. Yes, she is really good. I like her a lot. She has style. And I envy it. She has grace. And that's it. <laughs> she has <laughs> she has style. She has grace. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unico and Megumi Noda. Nodame of Nodame. Con- I don't know what that last word is. That one's hard. <laughs> Cantabel? Cantabel? Cantabel. I'm sorry. I gave it my best. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm too white for this. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not familiar with the, these franchises, but I think it's great that you like these characters a lot. Thank you for writing. Cantabile. 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 Maybe. We're sorry. That's what, that's what Google says. Okay. All right. Oh, we'll okay. trust Google sure. then. <laughs> Let's trust Google on this one for once. Very good response. Um, Thank you very much for writing in. Thank you, Gomer. Um, so we got one from uh, Husku. Uh, H-U-S-C-K-O-L. As Husku, who says uh, Simba from The Lion King. And you know what? Uh, this is definitely the hottest that Matthew Broderick has ever been. So that's fair. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else is there? <laughs> Are you going to go with the guy from Godzilla? Ferris the, Bueller. The Godzilla fish guy? <laughs> no, um, no, Inspector, Ferris Inspector Gadget. In <laughs> oh, 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 okay, never mind. Yes. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I completely forgot about Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah, I think young and adult Simba are cute in different ways. So that's a good response. Go, go, Gadget. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> are we going after are we once by the time that one gets edited it's going to be impossible to our audience 
They're not going to have any idea what you said. They're just going to know it was awful. <laughs> good, that's, good, good, good. Because no one needs to hear that. Okay. <laughs> 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 what oh would that God. even do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. You're asking me to share the impossible dream. Uh, okay. Thank you, Husku. <laughs> we have we have to oh. we have to read other responses. We can't we're we can't, almost we're almost we there. We can't ling- we can't here. continue lingering on this joke that only we heard. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Okay, so we got one, our final one. Oh, no, actually, there's two more. <clears throat> we have one from Earth Digger. <laughs> and Earth Digger responds, Bonkers. Part of the reason why I adored the show is I, that he was such a lovable guy, cute in his look, his personality, and even his little uniform. So, yeah. I like Bonkers. Bonkers, bonkers is cute. Bonkers is definitely hecka cute. I heckin' agree. Very, very good. Heck yeah. Heckin' yes. And lastly, we got one from uh, Stubadub. And uh, Stubadub responded with uh, Cat Pig from 101 Doll Nations, the series. I haven't been watching in years, but I always found her design and voice to be absolutely adorbs. Let me uh, Google that and see which one that is. I've watched that show a couple times. That, I watched it a little bit when it was on Toon Disney. Um, and I remember there's a really weird chicken that also has spots. What is the character's name That's, again? Uh, oh, Cad Pig. C-A-D-P-I-G. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, I recognize this character. They're small. They've I got f- floppy ears. Uh, that is adorable. Yes, I like it. Uh, I, I feel kind of uncomfortable because we're kind of switching between the two different types of cute back and forth <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm, we're treading a minefield all of a sudden. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cat, Cat Pig is legitimately adorable. It's a cute puppy, cute pupper, pepperoni, pepperoni with cheese. And yes, I dig it. Very so good thank answer. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, that was all the responses that I could see. If I didn't answer you because you didn't use the hashtag Toontown Prompt, uh, and it's a lot easier for me to see what you wrote if you put that hashtag in. So just keep that in mind. Uh, or it's also if you send us an email, because uh, if you send us an email, I'm, I'm going to see that as well. So, uh, yeah, just either hashtag Toontown Prompt or... ToontownPopularWorks.gmail.com and you'll be good. All right. Uh, so now that we are actually finally finished talking about the people who wrote in, let's talk about what we find cute. Okay. Uh, all right. So who wants to go first? I mean, I don't mind going first if you would prefer that. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to say Dale from Chippendale Rescue Rangers, specifically Woo. from that show. 
Uh, oh. He's got a big red boop nose and little stubby arms and legs and a, a fancy Hawaiian shirt. And uh, something that I actually like a lot in characters is like the is is like the uh, the teeth, you know, like oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I like mm-hmm. it. Like Pinky has them too. Like the little I don't want to call them buck teeth because that's not what I think they are. But you get what I'm saying. Like they've got uh right. they've got like the little teeth sticking out, and uh, and I think that's I think that's really great. So that's my answer. That is a good. <laughs> that is a good answer. So yes. All right. So a key. Ah. Well. I think, why do you make me choose? There, that's three people. There you go. <laughs> um, I, like, I feel so vanilla for saying this, but man, I've always just liked Pikachu. <laughs> just, Aww. man. I like uh, Pikachu. Uh, from, like, the, like, from the moment that show was, like, on, I was just like, man... It would be awesome to have uh, uh, that little guy as a best friend. Mm. <laughs> if I, I don't know, I it's want him just to be a vice yeah. <laughs> the like, yeah, I don't know. Everything about uh, Pikachu is absolutely adorable and great, and I love Pikachu. That's a good answer. I like Pikachu. Yes. If the prompt was, "What is, is the cutest good. Pokemon?" I would probably say Sandshrew, though. Uh, what is your response, HT? Um, <laughs> that's gonna be the longest chitter on the show. Um, am I the only one who meditated this before we started recording? <laughs> I tried to meditate yeah. it, but I was so no, it's, it's tough because so there is. are a lot of them, and obviously we are biased towards having many <laughs> so it is tough um, it's just, there's just a part of me that doesn't want to be complete furry trash you know that like wants to just go with something that's just adorable like in an adorable sense you know and not adorable and that i want to hug that one forever kind of sense but i guess they could be the same thing i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know I don't know. If you don't know what um, the cutest one is, why don't you just choose a cute one? <laughs> and we'll... Okay, so... <laughs> uh, I feel like... Because I also don't want to just dive into one of my normal wells of things I like. I talk about all the time in the show. Because I could say Mr. Peanut Butter from uh, BoJack Horseman, because he is adorable. Yeah, I saw him first. Or I could say... Uh, Judy Hopps from uh, Zootopia because I do think she is adorable though she would not like me saying that. Um, okay. Cutest cartoon character that I can think of right now because they did something that I thought was actually really nice of them to do. Uh, Dante from Coco. The little... Uh, Dante from the Devil May Don- Cry. Yeah, Dante featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Um, <laughs> Coco fe- featuring <laughs> um, Devil May Cry 
five yes. coming <laughs> soon. Pre- pre-order now at GameStop. Um, but no, um, Dante, uh, like, have you both seen Coco? I have not. No. Oh, God. If you would like it's, me to, okay. I could remove my headphones for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think we have that whole hour and a half. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I do think you should watch Coco because Coco is actually a legitimately really good movie about, uh, you know, various aspects of Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's apparently really, really, really respectful and good. And I, I, I can't say for myself, all I can say from my perspective is that it's a really good movie. And it's got really great characters, great art direction, uh, all sorts of different kinds of stuff. Um, the thing that I'm bringing up is uh, Dante. Dante is a one of those little, uh, they have those really long, weird, long names that start with the letter X. Those Mexican dogs that are like hairless and like all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know if you know what I'm necessarily what I'm talking about. Um, but... Dante is uh, like it's a species that's normally considered an ugly breed of dog uh, and often is also considered sort of a pest sometimes in some regions of Mexico. Uh, But and they kind of like treat him because he is kind of just a stray that the main character just sort of like takes in uh, and stuff and helps feed and keeps around him and stuff like that. Um, But he is just this big goober of a pupper that has a long, goofy tongue and just trips over himself all the time. He is just a cute, sweetie, loyal boy. And he is, uh, without spoiling anything, he gets exactly what he deserves at the very end. And I'm so happy. He is a good, good boy. I love him. And he is adorable. So, yes, I'm going with Dante. Very good. <laughs> oh, that's good. I've seen the art of yeah. this character, and I agree. Yeah, Dante is really, really freaking great. I love Dante, and you if you haven't seen Coco, it's on Netflix right now. You can totally watch it right now. Oh boy. So, yay. Um so yeah, uh that is I believe Toontown Public Works. Now, before we go, we need to come up with a prompt for next episode. Oh boy. Now, since we got a key here, I think that they should come up with the prompt. Oh, um, yep. It's your fault now. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I was not prepared. Um, Good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right. Let me think. Um, what? I guess. Let's see. What? Um, what show Um, did you? Uh, suffer through to get to a show that you liked if it was on. Oh, oh. I think would be good. Oh, that's that's actually really good. I've got like, what is it like? Yeah. yeah, what is the show that you're just that it's just like like you're like you tune in and it's just like, oh, this is on. But I know this is on next. So I guess I'll just watch this. I've got like three or four that come to mind immediately. <laughs> so, <laughs> OK. So yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, yeah. What was the cartoon that you suffered through because you know that your favorite cartoon was next? <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. All right. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, so just uh, get your prompts in or your responses to the prompt in here. Uh, 
and you can send them over either to the tweet that will be accompanying this episode once it's released, uh, or uh, you respond to an email. You just write to us. You know what I'm saying, right? I, I said it correctly <laughs> twice in the previous, earlier in the episode. Just write us an email at ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Do that. Or use hashtag ToontownPrompt on Twitter. Yes, either one of those things and you'll be golden. All right. Uh, so I think that's it. So uh, first off, I want to thank uh, Alex uh, and uh, hmm, who's the other person who does? Me? Yeah, Casey. Thank you. Uh, thank, I want to thank <laughs> Alex and Casey. I also want to <sighs> thank Sir. I want to thank Cirque, even though he's, he's not here today, but I can feel him in spirit. So thank you very much and making this show possible with this wonderful, wonderful prompt. Uh, hmm. Feels like we're forgetting hmm. something. Um... Because you're in tight. Thank you. <laughs> what about our other editor? <laughs> oh, yeah, that one, too. Okay. Uh, thank you, Aki the Dragon. Both, both for editing for... our show and for appearing on today's episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sh- filling out that seat for us. <laughs> It was great having you around. It honestly was. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. Um, Got to yeah, watch yeah. one of probably the best cartoons. I guess you we've probably seen in a bit. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, By maybe. Accident. At least the best, <laughs> best, best, worst cartoon at the very yes. least. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you want to hear more of a key, we do have a Patreon where uh, we have a special. Uh, we have a uh, special podcast called Toontown Nights, where all of us, uh, me, Casey, Cirque, uh, Aki, and Alex, we all watch a bad cartoon that you decide from a poll on Patreon, uh, and we discuss things that we actually liked about it, as well as the stuff we don't. But we want to try to at least be a little bit positive when we watch it. Um, and uh, the one we most recently watched, and should... Keyword should be up by the time this comes up. It'd be terrible if it wasn't up by now. Uh, uh, one for uh, the Extremely Goofy movie, where we actually talk a lot about uh, uh, the Goofy movie and its sequel. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and we discuss what was different, like what makes them different and all that kind of stuff. Let's see what's good and all that. Um And if you want to uh, donate to our Patreon, our Patreon is... Uh, Toontown public uh, patreon.com slash TTPW. And if you want to watch the uh, cartoons that we saw today, you can go and read our show notes at toontownpublicworks.com and there will be YouTube links to all three of them. Uh, as well as show notes for all of the previous episodes of the show. Yeah. Um, and we're, let's see, we also, uh, let's see, our Twitter is Toontown Public. Uh, oh, please, if you have the time, uh, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it really does help us out, get us uh, be noticed by people because of algorithms and all that kind of stuff. And uh, if you can't do that or, you, you know, you don't really know how to do something like that, just tell a friend. Uh, shoot uh, a message to a pal that you have this podcast about doofuses who talk about cartoons and stuff. 
if that sells it to them, then they're the perfect audience for us. Uh, and I think that's it. I think that's all of our bumper. Yeah. So with all that out there, let's go ahead and say, uh, I'm H.T. Raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Aki the dragon. And this has been Toontown Public Works. And these tunes have been archived. Number nine.